for just about everything for the outdoors. Go to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, I am blue. You are bright and shiny in my mind. You got me loving, hating, crazy indecision in my mind. Welcome to the Fall Podcast, where the focus is on deer hunting, tips, tricks, tactics, and stories from across the Midwest. And now, here is your host, Aaron Blisey. Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and this is episode number 15. On today's episode, I am joined by Greg Godfrey of Tethered Nation. Now, Tethered Nation is a saddle company. Now, if anybody's ever heard of anybody hunting out of a saddle, such as like John Eberhart, he's kind of the godfather of the saddle hunting community. Now, Greg, I've decided to get a hold of Greg because I used to hunt out of a saddle, and it was about eight years ago, and the saddle that I was using just wasn't conducive to what I wanted to do. And now, there are a lot more options out there for saddle hunting, especially Greg's saddle from Tethered. Now, we don't necessarily talk about the tethered saddle we talk about saddle hunting and the pros and cons of it you know the benefits how safe you are you know how to use them the perfect setups for them and just everything around saddle hunting and how to do it so it's not necessarily a product podcast but it's more of like saddle hunting as a whole because there wasn't a lot of information out there eight years ago now it's a big thing people are getting back into it and uh, I really like this podcast I think everybody's going to enjoy it because it's something out of everybody's comfort zone that hunts with a conventional stand or a ladder stand or a climber. I really think everybody should listen to this and you're going to take a lot out of it, whether you want to be a saddle hunter or not, or maybe you would want to be, but uh, it's really cool. Sit back, relax, and uh, I'm going to get Greg on the phone with me and we're going to talk about saddle hunting. Okay, on the phone with me today is uh, Greg Godfrey from Tethered. Greg, how you doing, man? Man, I am great, Aaron. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the podcast and uh, talk a little bit about hunting. Yeah, I'm I'm appreciative of you uh, being able to come on here. And, you know, in the one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on here is because we're going to be talking all about saddle hunting today. And, you know, eight years ago, I hunted out of a saddle for three years, and I, I really feel like it was, um, I, I really wasn't in tune with the saddle hunting at the time, and I, I honestly just kind of threw the saddle in the corner and got rid of it and was like, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Now, saddle hunting is getting a little more popular, and I thought you were the guy to to come on here and, and kind of really 
open the floodgates on you know all the information we can know about saddle hunting does that sound all right yeah certainly man we can talk about his we can get it as, as detailed as you want to get <laughs> awesome well before we get started can you can you just kind of give everybody a little background on tethered and you and and kind of how you got into saddle hunting sure uh so so my day job is i'm a soldier in the united states army i'm active duty army and um married with a couple of kids and uh the way i got into to saddle hunting um we can talk about this more later as we get into it but as just a general overview you know i, I was in the military and it required us to move around a lot and uh it, moving around a lot and always hunting new public land it wasn't really conducive to me for lugging you know big heavy stuff in and out of the woods with me every single time i went out so that's kind of where I got the, the, uh, desire to start saddle hunting. That was back in 2009. And then, you know, I've kind of done it all over the country since then with, uh, moving with the military and, um, yeah. So for 2009, I kind of started into saddle hunting and then I was like most people, I didn't really dive headfirst into it. I was kind of on the fence. I would hunt with it when it, when I felt like it. And then, you know, I would still take a climber and a, you know, traditional, hang on tree stand every now and again. And, and so I was kind of, you know, back and forth. It wasn't until probably 2013 or so that I dumped, I jumped in with both feet and, and just went all out saddle hunting. And, and it's really kind of, you, you mentioned that you tried it and then, you know, you didn't really go all in and then it got put in the corner and you kind of forgot about it or, you know, moved on. But I think, I think what's happened recently is with the, with the advent and popularity of social media and so much, so many educational resources out there, it started to become a more viable option for people because you can't go into Bass Pro Shops or Academy Sports or Dick's Sporting Goods or Cabela's or wherever and try one of these things. You have to, you know, buy it online and then figure it out for yourself. But now with YouTube and social media, you know, more and more people are starting to get educated about it and starting to see the benefits. Yeah. And, you know, and I had talked briefly about how my little stint with it and, and, uh, you know, Johnny Ebrahart, he's, he's kind of the godfather of the saddle hunting. And, and I've actually, I grew up, you know, right in the same hometown as John. So that's who I got my saddle from. And, and back then it was, to my knowledge, the only thing that out there basically was a trophy line tree saddle, which that's what I got. I got it from John. I got one for me and one for my wife because she likes to bow hunt as well. And we'll kind of get into that a little bit here in a little bit. But, um, you know, my thoughts on the trophy line, me not knowing a lot, uh, I thought, you know, looking back at it now, I thought it was very heavy. It was very cumbersome. It uh, was very warm you know it it was a neoprene one and I feel like my butt would sweat all the time and you just couldn't get rid of it and you know on one particular opening day of rifle season I was I was after a a pretty good deer and um I was like you know what to get in this core area I wanted to go and sit all day that's our rule on our on our farm is you have to sit all day opening day um and uh I'm like well I'm gonna take my tree saddle and I'm going to go up there and get in a tree and sit and just wait for him to come out. I don't think I lasted two and a half hours because it hurt so bad my hips. After about two, two and a half hours, my hips hurt so bad. So I had to get down and go get in my, you know, my rifle blind or shooting house, whatever it is, whatever you'd call it. And that's kind of the last straw. I was like, I 
really didn't want to, I just felt like it was an inconvenience in a way. And I kind of felt like I was out there on an island. I felt like everybody else was having fun with these things and, you know, and, and saying they were the best thing ever, but I just had different thoughts on it. I mean, is that kind of what you had, you know, in a, in a sense as well? You're a hundred percent right. I mean, that was a lot of people's experience with saddle hunting was, was the trophy line because that was, it was really the only game in town for a really long time. And I had the same experience as you. That's what I started with. I started with a neoprene trophy line tree saddle back in 2009. And, you know, it worked. I, I got to where I could tolerate it for, you know, three to four hour sits, but I would never really say that it was comfortable. Um, I would say that I figured out how to make it work for me because I liked the advantages of the, of the saddle hunting so much, you know, I like to be able to hide behind the tree and to hunt any tree. And, um, I felt like I was more stealthy. And so I, I really was, I bought into the, to the advantages of the system, but the comfort was not, not up there. I mean, just, just like your experience, that was the same experience for me and a, and a whole host of others. But Again, with um, with all of these other educational things that have come out and different products that have come out recently, we've really kind of moved away from that to where you're stuck with something that just doesn't work that great. Now there are better options. So, um, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate that that was your first experience with it. But what I would say is that there are a lot of resources out there now to the new person where they don't have to have that same experience. Right. And, th- and that's what I'm seeing, you know, in following you on social media and your YouTube channel and everything. I mean, in one YouTube video that I watched of you, I got more information than I ever did back when I was hunting with the trophy line. And I'm like, okay, this is seems like a lot easier now. I kind of wish I would have kept the trophy line in a way just to keep practicing with it, using it. But I'm not going to lie. It was like I referred to you the other day when we were on the phone, it was kind of like a Pinto when there was like no option for a Cadillac, you know what I mean? And it just, it got me to the places where I wanted to go. Um, and I don't know, it just, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. That's why I want to get you on here and talk about this and, and really kind of, you know, get everything out there and, and see if this is another option that I would like to go down as well. And for our viewers as well. Um, so, for our viewers that don't know what saddle hunting is, can you kind of give them the, the cliff note version of what saddle hunting is? Yeah, sure. The cliff notes version is, so uh, imagine a safety harness uh, with a seat built into it. So like a, like a swing set, you know, like when you're a kid, you got on the swing set and kicked your legs back and forth. So imagine that kind of seat built into a safety harness and that replaces a traditional hang on stand. Um, so your safety harness and your stand is all built into one and you sit, you sit in your harness, you face the tree, and then you have some sort of platform, whether it be a ring of step style platform that kind of goes around the tree or some of the, 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 the new platforms that people are using and really like, I like to call them a pivot style platform. And that's, think of that as a, as a many, uh, very many tree stand, uh, without a seat, just a platform that you use for your feet. Uh, to help you maneuver for a shot and to re- and to relieve some of the pressure off of uh, off of the, the harness of the seat, the saddle, uh, just to put a little bit of, of of weight on your feet to make it more comfortable. But yeah, so that's the basics: is you climb the tree just like you would in any you know elevated hunting system. You know, you climb the tree. That there's 
10,000 methods for doing that. Anything from screwing steps to lone wolf sticks to, you know, the silent approach from Bullman Outdoors, which is a strap-on step option for public land or the wild edge step ladder. There's just dozens of options. We could do a whole episode on climbing techniques, but that's not really the point. But once you've, once you've climbed the tree and you hook in your tether, which is your main safety line, and then that hooks into your saddle, and then you're, you're ready to hunt. And like I said, you face the tree and you have your little platform set up and you can pretty much shoot 360 degrees around the tree. You can hide behind the tree, keep the tree in between you and the deer, which is, in my opinion, one of the huge benefits of saddle hunting. You can conceal yourself much better than in a traditional tree stand, in my opinion. And uh, that's the kind of the Cliff Notes version, the big overview. We could go into, you know, painstaking detail on each aspect <laughs> of the saddle. Um, but from a, you know, a high level overview, that's it. It's essentially a seat built into a safety harness that allows you to uh, move around the tree. Okay. And, you know, for anybody who wanted to get into saddle hunting, that's never done it before, what would they need to get started and have, you know, and have success doing it? There's really, there's four things that are, uh, that are, essential that you 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 can't saddle hunt without first obviously you need a saddle and there are a few options available now a couple of commercial options uh the one that i recommend obviously is the the tethered mantis but um but really there are a couple other commercially available options you can go the diy route which is what i did before there were some commercially available options or you could pop purchase an old trophy line or uh, some of the other old products like there's a product called the guido's web uh there's a trophy line saddle there's a um there's an anderson tree sling that are all out there that you can find on you know craigslist ebay etc you could go that route um i recommend to the new guys that you pick up one of the commercially available options but you're going to need a saddle you're going to need a tether which is um, if, if you're a traditional tree stand hunter and you use a safety harness, well, you have, you probably already have a tether in the form of a rope or a, a, a webbing strap that goes around the tree and it connects to your saddle. It keeps you connected to the tree. It's generally rated for, you know, three, four, five, six thousand pounds. It's super heavy duty. It, it can't really uh, fail. It's a simple thing. It's just a rope around a tree. Um, but that's your tether. That's your main support line. The third thing that you need is you need a lineman belt. The lineman belt, um, it connects you at the bottom of the tree and it helps you uh, in your climb to give you your hands free to attach your safety, or excuse me, attach your climbing stick, attach a screw in, a screw in step, uh, whatever you need to do while you're climbing the tree. Your lineman belt keeps you connected to make it safer while you climb. And the fourth thing that you need, so you need a saddle, you need a tether, you need a lineman belt, and you need some form of some sort of platform and uh there there aren't a whole lot of options out there right now for for platforms there's there's really two main styles there's a there's a ring style and there's a pivot style um the ring style is, is pretty self-explanatory you make a ring of steps around the tree so you can walk around the tree and you can do that with screw-in steps you can do that with strap-on steps you can do it with wild edge step ladders there's a few ways you can create a ring style platform and then the pivot style platform is there's really only two options. You can, you can make your own, which is what the folks, the smart folks over at saddlehunter.com have done. Uh, what they've done is they've cannibalized seats from tree stands like the, the lone wolf seats are super popular, but 
you take a lone wolf seat and you do some DIY projects to attach it to a post and that turns into a little platform. Or you can buy the Predator platform from Tethered and uh, that is your, your pivot style platform. So it's for four things you absolutely must have for safety, a saddle, a tether, a lineman belt, and a platform. Okay. You were talking about a platform. Now, when I was doing it, it was I just used all screw-in steps. I wasn't hunting any public land. I was hunting all private um, where we could screw-in steps. Now, I would get 20 to 25 trees prepped, and that's a lot of screw-in steps also. And, you know, that's damaging a lot of trees as well. So that was another thing that I was also kind of leery about in a way. But now you kind of mentioned there, um, Wild Edge, Drew Walter, he... Uh, I, I did a podcast with him and his stepladder, you know, I have a set of his stepladders now. And in my opinion, that's what I've tried. That is the way I'm going to go if I go with a saddle route. And even with a run and gun, you know, conventional stand, um, if I want to do a run and gun type deal, that is the way like that, that system is so nice. The stepladder, um, and the platform, I feel like that as your platform, I think it would work pretty good, but what would you recommend personally for a platform? Do you like you know, like a screw in step or, or do you like the, the pivot platform? What, what's your thoughts? Well, I, there are a lot of guys that love the screw in steps as a platform. I mean, there, there's so many things you got to consider. There, there's no such thing as the perfect platform. You know what I mean? It, it, it all varies on your hunting situation, your, your uh, familiarity with the saddle hunting setup. There's just so many variables that it's hard to say, this is the perfect platform. You know what I mean? Um, but John Eberhardt, he hunts uh, solely off of screw-in steps as a, as a ring-style platform. The, the founder of SaddleHunter.com is named Scott, and uh, he hunts the same way. He pretty much only uses screw-in steps as a, as a ring-style platform for all of his trees. Um, I don't find them to be terribly comfortable for long sits. You know, for a two- or three-hour sit, they're fine, but if you're hunting longer than that, I, I, I always got a little bit of pain in my feet from that. Uh, you can, you can learn to deal with it, but I don't find it to be that comfortable. Another option for ring style, st- uh, steps is you can, you can jump on Craigslist, eBay and find the old Amera step strap on steps. And that is really kind of the ring style platform of choice for most saddle hunters when they get started, because it's very comfortable a set of four or five of them you put them on a ratchet strap and you can carry it with you you can install it in 45 seconds on any tree in the world i mean it's a very versatile platform it doesn't damage the trees that one is kind of tough to beat as kind of an all-around solution um if you want a ring style platform now the wild edge steps that you brought up that's another great option they can be a little finicky when you're tying more than more than one of them uh, in at the same level, you know, for, for climbing the tree, the wild edge step is really tough to beat, like you mentioned, but so imagine tying three of those at the same height and dealing with the ropes and the cam over portion. Uh, for some people, it can be a little cumbersome and, and I get that. So, uh, that's another option. It just takes a little bit of practice. Now, what I prefer, if I could only buy one and I had to recommend one, I would recommend the pivot style platform uh and and there's a few reasons for that the first of all you're coming over from a tree stand you're used to having that little platform so i think a pivot style platform with a little bit of familiarity makes the transition to saddle hunting a little bit easier 
Second, it's hands down the most comfortable way to hunt. I've hunted on every platform imaginable and hands down a pivot style platform is easily the most comfortable way to do it. It's you're able to take all the pressure off your feet. You're able to lean or off your butt, excuse me. Um, you're able to lean into it. So you, you can, you can sit in it. It's, it's just a lot of options for a pivot style platform. And if you're hunting on a tree that is a basketball size tree in diameter, so just imagine that if it's a basketball size or a smaller, you can shoot 360 degrees around the tree from a pivot style platform with no problem. Now, if the tree is, is significantly bigger than a basketball at hunting height, then you may have to add a step or two around the tree in order to make some of the shots. But that's really the only con of a pivot style platform, in my opinion, is that you lose a little bit of mobility when you get to big trees. Other than that, the pivot style platform is my preferred way to hunt. Okay. Now, you know, and you were talking about the pro or kind of like the cons there, you know, and that's a good transition point to a, my next question. Um, I, I get how the pros of hunting out of a saddle, what, what that brings more than a conventional stand. Like it, you could have 40 trees prepped at the beginning of the year and all you do is carry, you know, you, you, uh, wear your saddle in. I, I, I get that as one great con or great pro. I'm sorry. Um, is there any downsides to using a saddle? Any, if there's any at all? Absolutely. There is. Um, and like I said in the beginning, there's no such thing as the perfect system. What you have to do is you have to figure out what your style of hunting is. I mean, if you're the kind of hunter that hunts in the back 40 and you hunt the same stands, you know, year after year and you're successful doing that and it makes you happy, you know, hey, more power to you. There may not be a whole lot of benefits to you switching to a saddle hunting setup. You know what I mean? Um, but for just the guys that are running gun and they hunt public land or you know, they move around a lot, even on private land, there are a lot of benefits to the saddle hunting setup, like you mentioned, but there definitely are some cons as well. First of all, I kind of alluded to it earlier. When you look at a tree stand, you know, sitting on a tree, if you were a caveman and you walked up to a tree and you saw that platform sitting up there, it would instantly click. Hey, I know what that is. I can climb up that tree and sit on that and I can wait to ambush game. You know right. what I mean? It, yep. It's obvious what a tree stand does. Yep. It's not that way with the, with the saddle hunting setup. It takes a little bit of education. Um, it takes a little bit of, of desire. You've got to want to do it or else, you know, it'll just sit in the corner. Um, so one of the cons definitely is education. And part of that is that you can't try one anywhere. That's a major con in my book. I mean, you can walk into any sporting goods store in America and find a tree stand and a knowledgeable person sitting behind the counter that can talk you through how to set it up and how to do it safely, et cetera, et cetera. You can't do that in any tree stand or sporting goods store in America with a saddle. So that's a major con is that there's this huge learning curve um, with saddle hunting. And not that there actually is a huge learning curve. I should say there's a perceived learning curve because once you get into it and once you try, you'll realize that it's, it's really not that much different. You know, it's, it's not as scary as it seems at the outset, but yeah, definitely one of the cons is the, is the learning curve and the ability to try before you buy kind of thing. 
that's a con. Uh, another con is that it can be get, it can be expensive to get started. Um, now it's it's expensive in the short term. I like to say buy once, cry once, because you, although it might be a little pricey in the beginning, you have to remember you will never have to buy another saddle again unless you lose it. Or unless one of your kids gets old enough to start hunting and then he takes it from you, you know, that's the <laughs> yeah. only way you're going to have to buy another one because they're built in such a way where they, they'll, they'll never wear out. I mean, I have trophy line saddles that are 20 years old. Uh, well, that's probably an exaggeration. I think I have one from 2004 is one in my garage is built in 2004. And, you know, it's, just it's it's as strong now as the day it was made i know guys that have been hunting out of uh trophy lines that are that are easily uh 20 years old and they're they're perfectly fine as far as durability is concerned so you got to keep in mind that it may be expensive at the beginning but you only have to ever have to buy one you don't buy a bunch of trees uh tree saddles like you do tree stands and it's never going to wear out so unless you lose it it's a pretty much a lifetime purchase so the, that's a, I guess that's a con is that it's expensive to get started. And, you know, I would say the main one is that, that there's a learning curve to it. And I guess if there was a third one, it would be, um, it may take a little bit of effort to get it, uh, all figured out. And I like to call that getting in saddle shape. That's kind of the little term I use to describe it because it, it doesn't really apply to, or speak to the, the level of fitness um as far as you know how many push-ups and sit-ups can you do or how many miles can you run it really doesn't have anything to do with that it has more to do with when you're when you're hunting from a saddle the rope and the the geometry of the setup you know it pulls on your hips differently you may experience a little bit of discomfort in your hips or in your lower back and and all it is is just because your body is not used to doing it that way and and so it takes a little bit of time for your body to get accustomed to it but honestly, if you think back to the time when you first sat in a tree stand, I know this was true for me. When I first sat there as, you know, a teenager getting into hunting, my knees hurt because they weren't used to being still like that for so long. My lower back would hurt from, you know, sitting upright in a tree stand. And, and after a while, that stuff went away because my body got used to it. It was just that I wasn't used to exercising those muscles or having my body sit in that position for extended period of time. It's the same way with the saddle. You got to get in the saddle shape. You got to do a little bit of preseason work in order to figure that system out. But um, but once you get it dialed in, you know you'll you'll get past all that stuff pretty easily. Yeah, and, and you were you know you were saying um, saddle shape. You're talking about that and everything, and that kind of alludes to you know what I said earlier about how I'd talk about how my wife had one too. Now <clears throat> she she's not really that fond of heights. And she loves to bow hunt. She'll get up in a conventional stand. Once she's up there, you know, with the conventional stands, we use the uh, the lifeline. So you connect at the bottom, and then you're connected the whole way up. That's the only way she'll get in a stand, which is which is smart. Um, but I've got to hang them a certain way, you know, that where she feels comfortable. Now, when she got that trophy line, and we started hunting the first year out of it, um, she like her fear of heights, like almost went out the window because she had more confidence because she was facing the tree um the whole time so once she got up there and buckled in everything she's like this is awesome you know and she used 
I think it was the ambush. Hers wasn't the neoprene one, the trophy line. So hers was a little more comfortable than mine. Mine was really cumbersome. Hers was kind of smaller and a little light, lighter weight. But they, she was still kind of cumbersome. But she was having the same issues as I was. Sitting there for two hours, your hips would hurt and you have to adjust. And you just you felt like you were moving a lot more. Now, like you said, um, they've come a long way. Uh, the tethered mantis and everything—it's got a lot of adjustability, even more than I—I I thought than the trophy line had. Definitely, they've—they've they've come a long way, and the—the the tethered mantis is—it's made out of two-way stretch mesh, so there's a there's a—it's a mil spec mesh, but it has some some built-in uh, stretch to it for comfort, and we have we built in some adjustment features. Uh, we call them the the um, micro adjust buckles and. Um, or micro fit adjusters, excuse me, and that adjusts kind of the level of support that you have under your butt. You can increase that support so more of your body weight's uh, underneath your butt, or you can loosen it so you have more kind of in the top side of your butt. Uh, it, it's just a fitness or a, 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 a comfort thing. You know, people will like it different ways, so we we made it adjustable for that. And um, you know, in the in the old days, talking about trophy line, not to not to beat on trophy line because it, <laughs> it you know a lot of people love it i have guys on my pro staff at tethered a uh, guy by the name of josh he's been hunting out of his trophy line for you know over 20 years and he loves it um so and now he's switched to a a, a a mantis saddle but not because he hated the trophy line but just because the advantages of the mantis were so so uh, obvious that he he decided to switch but um I guess all that's to say that you didn't really have the, the, the adjustability built into it that we do now. And, and, you know, we figured out a lot of things in the saddle hunter forum with moving your tether height hook up, you know, trophy line taught their people or taught their users to hook up to the tree as high as you could possibly reach. I think that was in their, their directions was reach as high as you can and tie that strap. And, and we've gotten away from that as, as a community, a saddle hunting community, we figured out that if you do it lower about chin level height, you're actually be a lot more comfortable. So there's just lots of, lots of um, advancements in comfort and adjustability that have taken place in the last three to five years as saddle hunting has kind of gained some steam. And uh, it, I think that if, if a new user were to spend the, spend a little bit of time, you know, researching it and understanding it, we can get them set up in a system that's comfortable and user-friendly. Yeah, and, and and you alluded to it earlier with a con about you can't try them on before you buy, basically, which is when you said that, it you know it hit me. I was like, that's like probably 95% of the people out there that have never done it before. They look at it, and they're like, there's no way. Like, why would it? Because they're so you know, fixed on hanging their stands and leaving them there, you know, and that's how they hunted or, you know, so what, how would you, or what would you recommend to new users to, you know, how can you try before you buy? Like, is there a system out there? Do you guys offer anything? Like, how do you, how would you recommend getting someone used to that before they did buy it? Well, there, there's, that's really, a, it's a two-part answer. First of all, the, the easy part of it is if you buy one from, if you buy a system from Tethered, and I don't, I don't mean to keep, hope, hopefully I don't come across as that I'm just pushing everybody to buy a Tethered product, because that's not what this is about. I really want to just educate people about saddle hunting, and then they can buy whatever, whatever you want. I mean, Tethered is an option, but there are certainly other options if, if, if you're into that, I think tethered is the best, but that's to be up to everybody else to research. But 
with Tether, we offer a money back, you know, guarantee, obviously. If you get it, you try it, you do it. I tell everybody to go in their backyard, set up six inches off the ground, tie it in, and start shooting your bow. Figure out how to move, you know, when you're six inches above the ground so you're to, you know, there's no risk involved. And if you hate it, if it hurts and you can't figure out how to get comfortable, send it back and we'll give you, you know, give you your money back. It's no big deal. Um, but the second part of that answer is I am a very active member at saddlehunter.com, which is the world's largest saddle hunting community. And we actually built a feature there on the website that we're trying to get more and more people uh, to take part in. We have a huge, uh, a huge um member base already that's in this map but we we call it the saddle hunter user map and basically what you can do you can go to saddlehunter.com click on the saddle hunter user map and that will show you know in your area what saddle hunter members are around there and you can then link up with one of those guys on the forum and then you know try everything that you'd like to try and that's really good because they're more than likely an expert in the setup of the saddle of the saddle system and they can get new people dialed in. So that's a great way to do it. You know, yes, you may have to meet somebody that, you know, new that you don't know, but I mean, we hear about it every single day on the saddle hunter forum. People come on and talk about how, you know, so and so they linked up with so-and-so and, you know, he was in their area and he gave them a demo and you know it's a great way to try it as of now that's really the only two ways you can try it is by buying a system and getting it shipped to your house and you give it a try or you find somebody that has a system and and you link up with them and let them help you out yeah and that's a that's a great feature i mean to be able to buy it i mean yeah you do have to spend the money right away but like you said if you don't like it i mean money back guaranteed that that's a that's a pretty cool pretty cool gig you guys run right like that um you know i i I have a question and this is pertaining to like my style so i hunt all private land i i kind of want to get in some state land but that is it's coming down the road here I'm, i'm trying to work my way into it um so i have private land and you know, I have all these perennial stand sites, if you want to call them. How would a saddle benefit me versus having a set stand on, you know, a private land? Well, so you can attack that question from a, a lot of different from a lot of different ways. So first of all, if you're that person that's trying to set that up, so now you've got I don't know how many hundreds of dollars invested in tree stand setups, because um, I'm assuming you're not carrying a stand in and out with you every single time right you know you have them already preset right correct yeah so um so i mean if you if you are a property owner you hunt private land and you already have all those places set up well then i don't know that a saddle benefits you that much unless unless you really believe in the fact that you can hide behind the tree and you can shoot 360 degrees around the tree so those are those are two things that you get with the saddle that you do not get with a traditional tree stand setup. In a traditional tree stand, you know, unless you're hunting a really tiny tree, you cannot shoot behind you. It's just that's just out of the game. You got to wait until the deer comes to your right or left, and then you can turn and shoot the deer. With a with a saddle, you're you have no shooting dead zones. You can literally shoot 360 degrees around the tree, so it can help you in that way. And you know, you get to hide behind the tree, which I think it's a huge benefit. I mean, I like to get up in trees that have my, my absolute favorite trees 
have four or five trunks that, that split and I like to get up in the middle of those and I'm completely hidden. I can hide behind those. And to me, that's a huge benefit. Not everyone would see it that way, but to me it is. So for those of you that are, that are listening, if you already have, you know, 10, 15 spots set up and you have stands at all of them, I would say those are the two big benefits. Uh, if you don't have that set up already, maybe your private land or you're getting into hunting and you want to set up, you know, 10 to 15 spots and pro- on a private piece of ground, well, then you don't have to buy 15 or 20 tree stands. You just buy one saddle and then you can go in and you can, you know, you can buy ladders and you know, ladders are much, much less, uh, expensive than, uh, tree stands. So if you went to Walmart and bought a $30 stick ladder, I mean, that's a whole lot easier to deal with than buying 15, you know, $150 tree stands. But that's, that's just me. Um, that's the way I would do it. If I was hunting mostly private land and that's how I hunt my, uh, the lease that I'm in, uh, I set up tree, uh, a climbing method before the system for the season. And then I bounce around with my saddle and I just hunt at the top of the climbing system. So that's what I would say is the, is the major benefit. Okay. And then, so I was looking at Tethered's website earlier and you have a saddle starter kit in there. So that kit basically will get you everything right off the bat, correct? Yep. Okay. So that runs right around $300. I think it was. It's right around there. Yeah. And that, that, um, that that doesn't include the platform uh the the platform is it's in the starter kit but we left it as an option because not everyone has to have that particular platform maybe they already have one or they they want to use a ring style platform okay um so so the 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 saddle is 199 and then the ropes are i forget the exact dollar amount but it puts you somewhere around 300 bucks for the saddle and okay and all the fancy ropes yeah so, so what I'm, what I'm getting at is, so let's say you have $300 just for speaking terms into the saddle setup. And then if you wanted to go like, let's say a wild edge setup um, for steps and a platform, you're looking at another $150. So at about $500, you could have as many tree stand tree stands or trees prepped as you want on your property. You could have a hundred spots and you're saving money that way. So that is a huge benefit. I would say um, now it is a little bit because, you know, you see all these people on TV and everything, and that's what everybody gets sucked into. And I have even gotten sucked into it, too. You know, hunting hunting on a conventional stands. Let's go hang the stands. That's what I do. I hang them every year, um, you know, and I do it just like you see it on TV. But, you know, for the guy who wants to stay, you know, kind of cheaper with it, $500 will basically get you 100 tree stands or more, however, how many ever you want, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're willing to take your climbing method in and out with you every time, yeah, absolutely. Right, yep. And, and I'm sure there's cheaper ways, like buying screwing steps for everything. I mean, screwing steps are, are really cheap. Um, you can do it that way. Or even if you were to get, you know, your guys' pivot-style platform, um, that was another $160, did you say, or something like that? Yep. So, I mean, you could take that with you with, you know, with screw-ins and still, I mean, Six seven hundred dollars. You're in a in a good setup where you can go wherever you want and as many stands as you want. So I would say that's a huge benefit. I think it is too. And and the fact that you, like I said, you know, you don't ever have to buy it again. So I'm not sure it's a great business model to be in where you can't sell <laughs> things over and over again. But you literally buy once and cry once, and then you're done. You know, you don't. You just have to keep your son from stealing it from you when he gets old enough to hunt. 
<laughs> yeah, and I have a daughter, so and she's only 11 months old, so hopefully she, if I have a saddle, she won't want it when she gets to that point. <laughs> there you go. Well, cool. I got I got some more questions here. If you got more time, I'd like to start you know rattling off some more. And you know, how safe is saddle hunting? You know, compared to even like a conventional and how everybody else does it, how safe is it? Man, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the major benefits of saddle hunting, in my opinion. There is nothing safer, nothing safer than than hunting from a saddle. You are connected to the tree from the time you leave the ground to the time you get back to the ground. You are never disconnected from the tree. Now, you can be that safe with a traditional tree stand, especially like how you talked about with you know with your um with the what do you the safety the what are they called the lines? the lifeline there the you lifeline. go the lifeline yep. so that's super safe i mean you clip into that and you take it up to the up the tree with you on a prussic knot i mean that's super safe as well but if you're hunting in a mobile setup or you're a running gun guy hunting on public land you're not going to have a lifeline i mean because the first the time you're hunting the trees the first time you've ever climbed it so right. um you know and and most guys you have to remember that I don't know about you. I mean, but do you hunt with a safety harness every time that you go, no matter what? I do. I have for the last, since I like 2011 or right after I started hunting with the saddle and got rid of it, I've hunted every, every sit with a safety harness and lifeline. That was something I made a deal with my wife at that time. And that, that was kind of how, uh, kind of how that rolled. And I mean, it's, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not, I mean, they're making it too easy to be safe now you know and it's like just go do it i had uh, my wife's cousin fell out of a tree two years ago now he was up in the stand itself and fell out of it um that could have ended his life luckily he's okay but and i have another friend that fell out of a tree twice and um broke his neck twice and almost died and it's like just be safe with it i mean you know, ask someone to, if they have an extra harness or something like that. And it's, they just make it too easy now to not be safe. In my opinion. I I agree. Um, but you made my point, um, where I was going with that is, um, you know, you, you do it, you're safe. You hunt with a, with a lifeline and a safety harness, but just take a wild guess that if you had to, if you had to throw a percentage out there for all the hunters in the world that hunt out of a tree stand, what percentage of them are safe like that? Not probably not a lot, honestly. I would say, I would say, you know, at least 70, 80% of hunters don't use a safety harness. And if they do use a safety harness, then it's when it's convenient, you know, Oh, I, right. I forgot it. Uh, I'm not going to walk back and get it from the truck. I'll just hunt this time without it and use it next time. You know what or, I mean? Or if it's early season and hot and you're like, Oh, I just don't want to put it on. And it's like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. So I'm going to say the majority of, of tree stand hunters don't use a safety harness uh, and with the saddle system, you don't have a choice. Your safety harness is your tree stand. So you, when you climb the tree with your lineman belt, you're connected to the tree during the climb. And then when you get to the top of your climbing method at the top of your ladder, and then you hook your tether in, you know, that's a, that's a, the, the tether that we sell is a 6,000 pound double braid climbing rope. You're not going to break this thing. It's, it's, it can hang a, it could hold a Jeep. You know what I mean? That's how heavy duty it is. And the saddle itself is made from from materials that are designed to hold 6,000 pounds as well. So you're not going to break this thing, and it's completely safe. And 
the safety aspect is completely different than with the traditional tree stand. Then you, you've got this other this other thing to consider when you're talking safety. So a safety harness from a traditional tree stand is designed to catch your fall. So you slip, you've fallen, and that safety harness hopefully catches you and stops you from hitting the ground. Now, the way the saddle works is it prevents that fall from ever happening in the first place because you're 100% connected. You cannot fall. It's impossible. When you fall in a traditional tree stand and the safety harness does its job, which you know most likely it will, now you're dealing with this issue of self-rescue. You know, there have been cases where people have died from falling out of a traditional tree stand and the safety harness did its job and it caught them, but then it stopped blood flow um, from the leg straps. It cut off their, uh, the, the artery there in, in, their, in their leg, femoral artery, and they ended up dying because they weren't able to self-rescue. That's happened. So not that, not to, you know, that's like obviously worst case scenario, right. but <laughs> it's something that you have to, you have to consider. That's, it's not really something you have to worry about with a, with a, with a tree saddle because you just, you can't fall. You're never in that situation to begin with. So safety in a, in a saddle system and a traditional tree stand, in my opinion, you're not even talking apples to apples because first of all, 90% of dudes hunting out of tree stands don't even use any sort of safety harness. So with, with the saddle system, you don't have a choice. Yeah. And you make a lot of sense right there. And it, it and you know, with a conventional stand, let's say you do fall off your tree and the, and the lifeline catches you. If you had screw in steps, I mean, that could gore you. If you had, even with a, even with a ladder stick, you know, that could puncture you or something. Then you got to figure out how the heck to get back on the stand or get on the sticks or whatever it is you're climbing with, you know, and I'm not trying to talk myself out of it. It, it there is benefits, but there are also cons to that. And I see when you're comparing the two, the saddle prevents you from even falling at all. Yeah. And I, and I, I want to make sure I don't want, I don't want to come across that I'm some doom and gloom kind of guy that if you, if you fall from a tree stand, you're going to die or that's not the case. And that's not what I'm saying. It's just that if you want to talk apples to apples, you have to talk about every scenario. And you, it's true. When you fall from a, a, a tree stand, you have to consider self-rescue. Now, if you're not the fittest guy in America, maybe you can't pull yourself back onto your tree stand. Maybe it was a weird tree and you can't reach your, your climbing stick. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to consider all of those things. And, and the beautiful part about the saddle is that you don't have to worry about it because you can't fall. Right. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Next question I have for you, how, in the best way you can describe it, how comfortable is the saddle? It's extremely comfortable once you get used to it. So we talked about earlier how you have to get in saddle shape. The first few times you do it, the first you know two to five times you go out and you hunt, you are more than likely going to be a little uncomfortable at times. That is completely normal. The, the saddle pulls on you in different ways. It puts pressure points on different areas of your body. The you know hanging from a rope adds some geometry that you're not used to. So it's just different. Um, and it takes your body a little while to get used to it. But once you get used to it, you can absolutely sit in these things all day long. There are hundreds and hundreds of hunters that do it every single year. All it takes is a little bit of time and effort to get your system figured out and figure out how it works for you. 
you know, do you want to, should you, are you the type of person that needs to wear it a little higher on your body or a little lower underneath your butt? Are you, uh, in, in, in the saddle hunting world, we call the difference between leaners and sitters. Some people tend to like to sit in it more like a, like a swing set. Some people like to lean in it more as if, you know, you're just leaning against the kitchen counter or something and, and you have a little bit more weight in your feet as opposed to all the weight in your butt. So there's lots of ways you can get comfortable with it. I have hunted from a saddle exclusively since about 2013. I have not hunted in a, a tree stand except for one, one really cold winter day in New York, uh, upstate New York. It was like zero degrees. And I took my um, summit climber or my API climber stand because I wanted to use my heater bodysuit. Uh, that's the only time I've sat in a tree stand since 2013. And um, I have zero literally zero comfort issues okay and, and and you know earlier when we were talking about trophy line and how uncomfortable it was now i want everybody to know that it was very comfortable until about that two or two and a half hour mark that's when it started being uncomfortable but i agree with you greg like like you have to get used to it like i practiced with that thing that that first summer all summer shooting out of it just climbing in it just sitting in it um yeah, it, they are comfortable. And now I have not tried any of the new saddles, and I really want to, like, you know, your guys' new Mantis and everything. Because the way I look at it uh, on the pictures online and everything, it is it looks smaller than the uh, trophy line that I had, and it looks less, There's, it, you know, it's not as heavy and cumbersome. So I feel like that alone um, is going to be a more beneficial choice in the trophy line. Now, is your bridge... Um, is that any different than like the trophy line was, you know? Yeah, it's a lot longer. It's a okay. lot longer and a lot lighter. So the trophy line had that big, thick webbing bridge. You remember yes. that thing? Yep. Yeah. So we got rid of that and, and we, we replaced it with a 77 pound test, 7,700 pound test, 7,700 pounds, uh, strength. Uh, it's a rope called Amsteel Blue. And this rope was designed for the marine industry to replace steel winch lines and steel cables. So pound for pound, Amsteel Blue is stronger than steel. And uh, it's ultralight. It's mildew and rot resistant and it floats. So it's a super crazy, strong, super light rope. And that's what we use for our bridge. And it's it's 30 inches long. Whereas if you remember with the, the trophy line, your bridge was really short. Yep. Uh, a longer bridge makes it more comfortable. That's how you get rid of that hip, hip squeeze that you talked yep. about experiencing with a longer bridge and a, and a shorter, uh, or a lower tether. You don't experience the hip squeeze like you used to. Yeah. With that bridge and now everybody, if they want to know what a bridge is, the bridge is basically what connects your saddle from your right hip to your left hip. Correct. Exactly. And then you clip your carabiner from your tether into that bridge. Which the tether is above you, hooked to the tree, and that's basically how you're hanging there. Yep. Yep. So your tether is just, uh, you know, is just a climbing rope, a 6,000 pound climbing rope. And then you connect that via a carabiner to your bridge. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. And that trophy line uh, bridge, that, like you said, it was thicker. That's what pinched me, I feel like. And how you said it was shorter. You know, you really had to, I mean, you're basically taking, it's kind of hard to explain, but you're taking your shorter bridge, which kind of squishes your body a little more with a longer one. It kind of will let you, you know, wouldn't squish it as much if that, if that makes sense to everybody. Yeah. Well, it's a math problem, to be honest. It's, it's all about math. When that, 
when that uh, that uh, connection point is real close to your body, it puts more pressure on the outside of the strap. So if you move that connection point out, you know, a foot or two, all this, all of a sudden you have much more give and you're, it doesn't squeeze you as much. And your that hip pinch or hip squeeze came from having your bridge so close to your body. I see. Okay. And I have one last question here, and this is something I really want to get into with you. You know, in your setups, personal setups, how do you set up in a tree? And, you know, like what I mean is, do you sit on the backside mm-hmm. of the tree? You know, what? explain what your perfect setup in a saddle looks like. That's a great question. So, um, so first of all, what we get, well, I think it's important to talk about the shot, the shot selection in a, in a tree saddle versus a tree stand. And that's important because that determines how you set up in the tree. So with a traditional tree stand, your back is against the tree and you're facing away from the tree. Most guys are going to set up with where the the deer they expect the deer to come from their left right i'm are you, are you a right-handed shooter aaron yeah i'm a right-handed shooter yep okay so you would most likely set up in a tree stand correct me if i'm wrong but where the deer where you expect the deer to come from either in front of you or off to your left does that sound fair right yep yeah because anything off if the deer come to your right I mean, you can make that shot, but you have to stand up in the tree stand. You have to turn all the way around to face that way and then shoot. Uh, And if the deer comes from behind you, then you have to wait till the the deer comes to either side of the stand before you shoot. Is is that, that's correct, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So in, in the saddle, I always like to set up the exact same way to where the expect the the way the the the, the excuse me the direction that I expect the deer to come from I will set up on the back side of the tree. So if I expect the deer to come from uh, due north, I'm going to set up on the south side of the tree. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. So I can keep that that tree in between me and the deer. And then you know if there's a major trail or whatever that I expect the deer to travel. I'm going to set up so where that trail comes on to my left side. So that way, you know, I can just draw the bow and shoot just like in a tree stand where you can make that shot just sitting down. You know, if a deer comes to your left and you're sitting in a tree stand for most guys, they don't even have to get up. You know, you just grab your bow, draw it back and you can make the shot. It's the same exact way in a tree saddle. You set up to where you expect them to come to your left. And then you can just draw the bow and shoot. There's virtually no movement whatsoever. So that's how I do it. I set up to where I expect the deer to come from in front of me. And then if there's a major trail or a food source or whatever that I'm hunting, I'm going to put that off to my left. Okay. And, and you know, that's another pro in my eyes too, is because how many times have any of our viewers or you or anybody went up to a tree with a conventional stand and they're like, man, that is the tree I need to be in, but it is a telephone pole. Like, where is my cover going to be? So now with, you know, you can, with a conventional stand, do it just how you said with a saddle. You can put it on the backside, but then you're posing some more issues. You can't swing around the tree or anything. Now with the saddle, that tree, whether it's a telephone pole with no foliage or nothing, um, that is essentially going to break you up. So that, in my eyes, is another pro. So basically every tree in the woods is fair game you know, if it's big enough to climb, basically. I agree, man. Here in the, in the deep South in Southern Georgia, we hunt, we have a whole lot of pine flats, you know, those 
big yellow pines or yep. big white pines. And a lot of times I'm forced to hunt those. I hate hunting pine trees because you know, for numerous reasons, they're allowed to climb. They get sap everywhere. There's no cover, but sometimes that's the only tree you have. And at least with the saddle, when I get up there, I can get on the backside and hide from them at least a little bit to break up my outline. Yeah. That, yeah, that's, there's, I've, I feel like, you know, after we've, we've been talking for the last hour now and through this, you know, the pros in my eyes are outweighing the cons are, you know, for a pro saddle, less on a conventional stand. Now I've got to kind of back up a, a second though. I've always hung stands growing up. That's all I've ever done except those two or three years I use a saddle. And, um, you know, that's something hard to get used to is getting into the way of a saddle. It's like, okay, I can leave 15 minutes before I got to be in the stand. Cause I can just get to the stand and climb the tree and I'm in the conventional stand. Now, you could make an argument if you're not in tune with a saddle that it's going to take me a little longer to get prepped. And that was one of the things that I had when I had the trophy line is I felt like it took me forever to get in the tree, whether it was 15 to 20 minutes. Like, is that something that you hear a lot of from guys? Like, uh, this is taking forever for me to get into the tree. What do I need to do? I, I don't have that issue. Now, if you were, if you were on private land or even in public land, I mean, I, on public land, I'll even hang, uh, I'll go in and do preset trees, just like you talked about. Uh, I'll, I'll climb the tree in the preseason. I'll leave my climbing method there, you know, whether it's a stick ladder or strap on sticks or, you know, cl- you know, screw in steps or whatever it is that I'm using to climb. And then I just don't have to go through the, I don't have to leave a tree stand there. So I right. then leave. And then when I'm ready to hunt, I come back and I climb the tree. Uh, you know, the tree's already prepped and ready for me to climb. And then I all I have to do is set my platform. Um, if I even do that, I mean, a lot of times when I when I preset trees, I'll use a ring style platform and I'll just leave it there all season long. Uh, so I climb the tree, I climb onto my platform, wrap my tether around the tree, clip it into my carabiner, and I'm hunting. I mean, in that scenario where I preset a tree. I mean, I'm set up in, you know, two, three minutes. It's not, there's not any sort of time delay. Now, if you, if you're doing a running gun, well then, yeah, there's a, it takes some time to get set up, but that's the same if you're doing a traditional tree stand or saddle. I mean, you've got to, you've got to do it all. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And that's, and I, I don't feel like I got as proficient with it as I should have, even though I practice with it a lot. Um, like I said before, you know, there wasn't a lot of info out there at the time that I was doing it. And I was kind of just going at it as, you know, asking, I had a, I had a, a John Eberhart and I had a mutual friend and, and he was hunting out of a saddle as well. So he was kind of helping me out as much as I can or much as he could. And, um, but there wasn't a lot of like on YouTube and go there and just see how other guys are doing it. And, right. um, and even if there was, I just, couldn't find that. So now well, I feel like it's blowing up, you know, there wasn't, there was no information out there, you know, even, even, you know, five years ago, there, there was some, you know, there's video here and there that you could find, but you had to search for it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot easier to find and consume now, but also keep in mind the trophy line system was pretty cumbersome. I mean, it came with that. You remember that big, big wide two inch heavy duty webbing strap. That yes. was your tether? <laughs> yes. That thing sucked. And they told you to remember, they told you to stand on your platform on your screw and steps, reach as high as you can. And then yep. you had to tie that awkward knot 
and it never held the right way. It sucked. Yep. Um, the, the new, the new way of doing it that we've kind of come up with using climbing ropes and it's just a lot easier. I mean, I can install my tether now in 15 seconds versus that fiasco that was a trophy line, uh, strap. Yeah. And I always, I always put a screw in step above me where I was going to tie off. So I would put a screw in and where the screw in, I would put the screw in like I would make it go up. So instead of like you'd step on it, I would twist it up. So where I'd put my tether in between that screw in and the tree just for extra support, because I'm like, ah, if this thing comes off, uh, then I've got big issues. But that was just kind of me being extra cautious, I think. And I think that was a John Eberhardt thing. I think he, he used to tell yep. people to do that. Yep. He um, did. You, you, you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, like I said, my, the tethers that we're using now, I mean, they're literally rated for 6,000 pounds. If you break that, you have done something. You, I mean, you're like the Incredible Hulk or something. I mean, that's it's like you can hang a Jeep from that. So right. there's there's no way you're going to break it. Uh, it's just it's just outside of the realm of possibility. Unless you had cut that thing with a knife on purpose before you went and hung, and then you somehow didn't notice that the tether was cut. I mean, that's the only way you're going to you're going to fall from this thing. You know, going forward here, the the saddle hunting I think is going to be an option I'm going to definitely try again because obviously like I said there's more there's more info out there and I really want to get back into it because right now, you know, I, I've got a 11-month, you know, daughter, 11-month-old daughter and it's hard for me right now to find time to just go and put stands out. My wife's a nurse, so she works some weekends and everything. And, you know, like this weekend, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm single daddy this weekend. So, and it's, it's getting to the point where I need to hang some more stands. But if, if I can maximize my time by just going and prep trees, which takes a lot, it's a lot quicker than, um, hanging a set or, you know, trimming everything out. And, you know, it, when I was prepping trees for trophy line, when I had my trophy line, it was, I was quick. I mean, 10, 20 minutes and I was done, you know, um, if I can maximize it that way and, and, and have more trees prepped where I just go back to them every year and not have to worry about putting stands in. I think that's another benefit as well. It's a huge benefit. And I love doing it that way. That's exactly what I do. When I, I got into a lease this year because, uh, in my current job, I don't have a lot of free time. So I have been hunting a hundred percent exclusively on public land. Um, but this year I was able to go in and I hung about seven or eight sets of ladders and screw in steps. And so now, you know, that part is done. So when I'm ready to hunt, all I have to do is walk out, climb, climb the tree, which is already done, put my rope around the tree, hook up one carabiner and I'm in like I'm hunting and right. there's nothing for anyone to steal. If they find my spot, you know, if, if some other person walks out and finds my spot, they're going to be like, what the hell is going on here? You know, how's this guy hunting up there? There's just a ladder right. there. <laughs> Uh, so nobody can steal my stands. They can't steal my hunting spots. It's just, it's harder for them to see my hunting spots because, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to spot a screw in step from, a, from a ways away. It's a lot easier to see right. a tree stand up there hanging. So there, you're right, man. There's, there's lots of benefits to it. Um, it just, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to be willing to learn and try new things. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. And speaking of this year, how's your, uh, how's your, how's your bucks looking this year? Have you got cameras out and everything? Uh, I haven't done it as much as I want. Um, I actually put cameras out starting in, uh, what was it? May. I think I put the cameras out and I checked them once and I had like six bucks 
on there already. But nice. then I went back out and and I changed out everything, and I haven't been out to check again. So I'm due okay. for a check, but I know I have at least I'm going to say two of the bucks looked like uh, just you know they were really really small horns whenever I checked, but uh, I'm going to say two of them looked like they were going to be more mature just from their face and the way their belly was sagging and the, their body size compared to the other bucks that they were running with. So I definitely have at least two mature bucks on camera. And then, you know, whether or not they have huge antlers or not is another story, but they, you could tell they were mature. Like I said, just from their body characteristics. So lastly, I got one more question. Like I said, 15 minutes ago, but do you have a story with a deer that you maybe you've killed or, you know, that, that best time in a tree that you've ever had in a saddle? What, what was that? Where was it? What kind of situation were you in? I'll tell you about the first buck that I killed out of my saddle. It was, it was a mule deer killed in Colorado. And it was actually, it was my first mule deer, first mule deer buck. And he was tiny. He was a little, he was a little forkhorn. Um, he was definitely a, a, a brand new deer, but it was the first one that I got out of my saddle. And the situation around it was pretty incredible. So I'll tell that one real quick. So like I said, at the beginning, I'm active duty army. I grew up in Pensacola, Florida, so I'm the kind of guy, I, I grew up hunting, uh, you know, private land in Florida. We had a hunting camp, you know, we'd go and we'd sit the same tree stands over and over again, and we'd move a few of them every year, and we hunted corn feeders, and that's how everyone hunts where I'm from. You know, fast forward a few years, I joined the Army. Uncle Sam decides to send me to Colorado. I have zero experience in the mountains, never even been out west before in my entire life. And I draw a deer tag, which in the state of Colorado, every single deer tag they issue is by draw. You can't just go to Walmart or, you know, the local hardware store and buy a deer tag, unfortunately. So me, like an idiot, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And I put in for a draw and I drew this this Plains deer tag. And turns out there's like zero public land where I could go, where I could, uh, where I could go hunt. And so... I draw this tag and I have my tree saddle. I find this little postage stamp size piece of public land. And I mean, it was literally like, like 75 acres. It was small. And, uh, so I go out there, I find lots of deer sign. There's zero trees that I could put a tree stand in. Uh, all I had at the time was a climber and my tree saddle. So I, I couldn't even hunt with my climber if I wanted to. So I decided I was going to hunt this piece with my tree saddle and I go out there the first time I ever hunted it, I saw this beautiful uh, four by four um, mule deer, but he he didn't come close enough. He was like seventy yards away. He didn't come close enough for me to get shot with my bow. Went the next weekend, and this little four point, he comes in. I see him like two hundred yards away, and I hit the can call, which is a white tail call. You know the little doe bleat can call, yep. the, the, the yeah. post one. So I'm like, you know, I'm a white tail guy. I'm not a mule deer guy. But I hit that can call, and he heard it, and he came right to it. I couldn't believe it, you know, just like a whitetail. And he comes right to it, and me like an idiot, being so new to the saddle, I hadn't, I hadn't really prepared uh, in case he came in to the, the, what I call the weak side, which, you know, if you're a right-handed shooter, it's off to your right, which is you got to turn around. It's a weird angle. And in the saddle, that's the hardest shot to make. It's it, to your, to your right-hand side. Uh, so he comes in right there to like 10 yards. And because of these trees, I was probably only 12 or 15 feet tall. 
but I don't think those deer are used to seeing hunters in the, you know, hunting up in the trees because everybody out there hunts spot and stalk. So right. I don't think he knew what in the world I was or if he even saw me, but I managed to spin all the way around in my saddle and shoot him off to the right. And I made a great shot. He only ran like 50 yards. And I mean, he was really small, like really small, but I was so pumped because of what I had to go through to get him you know it was public yep. land it was a different state i'd never been to before I, I did it all on my own nobody to help me i found the land i found the deer i figured out where they were you know it was just it was i felt so accomplished that i did it all um did it all on my own and without much help and the fact that it was when a tree saddle to boot so that's one of my favorite memories of hunting and you know i killed deer on public land before whitetails and everything but never never like where i was truly on my own in a different state you know with no help whatsoever so that was that was pretty memorable that's cool and that's something you'll never forget as well you know that's right well cool man i i appreciate you coming on and doing this greg and and uh, for anybody out there looking to, you know, whether it's tethered or just tree saddle hunting at all, where, you know, do you recommend them going and and, uh, and trying all this stuff or even just looking at it and getting more information on it? Yeah, so there's really three places that I'm going to recommend you go check out. First of all, saddlehunter.com. Like I've mentioned before, that is the number one resource for saddle hunting in the world. I mean, there are thousands of members there, and every single one of them has experienced saddle hunting, and they are ready, willing, and able to help out guys that want to learn. You can go there, ask all the questions you want, get it all figured out. There's videos and helpful articles. I mean, everything you want to know about saddle hunting is at saddlehunter.com. So that's that's the number one resource. The second, I would say go to my YouTube channel. Um, I'm G2 Outdoors on YouTube, just G2 Outdoors, and... I have a lot of saddle hunting content. I walk through everything from tethers and bridges and alignment belts and platforms and everything you can imagine, everything we've talked about today. I have a video explaining it in detail. So that's a great resource. If you're more of a visual learner, as opposed to a forum reader, go to my YouTube channel and you'll figure out everything that you need to know. And then I guess the last thing is if you're, if you decided that you want to jump in and be a saddle hunter, that's awesome. I recommend tethered nation that's uh that's the company um that i helped uh put together with a lot of guys from saddlehunter.com we formed this company so we could build the the best saddle hunting equipment that has ever been made and uh we've accomplished that and it's awesome stuff so that's definitely the stuff that i recommend if you want to purchase some saddle hunting gear you can get that from tethered nation and you can find that on on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of that stuff. It's Tethered Nation um, on all those places, and it's tetherednation.com. So, yeah, those are the three places that I would recommend. Awesome, Greg. Man, I appreciate you doing this again, and, and uh, we might have to do it here soon once I get a saddle, and uh, I know I'm going to have to pick your brain again So, <laughs> or just go back and listen to this podcast. But, you know, um, for everybody listening to Greg was talking about his YouTube channel, go there. I've been looking at it. There's so much information on it. So, Greg, thank you very much, and uh, I'll let you get back to doing what you're doing on this beautiful Saturday. Absolutely, man. What I'd really like to do is come back and talk to you, you know, like October time frame after you've had a chance to check it out and see what your thoughts are. 100%. I say we do it. Let's let's get it down in the books, and that's a good idea. Really revisit and see uh, see where we're at with it. Let's do it, man, and good luck this season. I hope you get a boner. You too. Thanks, Greg. All right, bud.
And there you have it, Greg Godfrey from Tethered Nation. Greg, I, I can't thank him enough for coming on and, and doing this podcast. And, you know, with the tree saddle, it's just don't knock it before you try it. It, it is really cool. Um, it takes a little bit getting used to, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of benefits to this. And I'm actually going to get one this year um, from Tethered, from Greg. I'm going to get a Mantis, and, and I'm going to hunt a little bit out of it this year. And, you know, they are very comfortable, and they and they do allow you to shoot 360 degrees around the tree, so which is really cool as well. So you'll have a ton of shot opportunities. Again, just like every week, you know, if you could go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave some feedback. I really appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, don't forget, next Wednesday is an all-new episode of the Fall Podcast. I am natural. Anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.